Welcome to Big Game Hunger, a show where me and a guest craft the big next game every episode. We'll be taking three random ingredients and blending them together into one incredible game. I'm Jenna Stieber, and I crave content. And I'm joined by Faith Schaefer. Faith, who are you, and what do you have a hunger for? Hello, my name is Faith. I am an artist, and currently I have a hunger for some leftovers that are in my fridge, and I'll probably eat them in like an hour. <laughs> what kind of leftovers? It's sort of shepherd's pie, but sort oh. of Mexican style. It's got like lime in the mashed potatoes. It's really good. <laughs> I It would never occur to me to put lime in mashed potatoes. Yeah, me neither. This is a new recipe that my partner was testing out, so... Mm. It's it sounds successful. Yeah, and it also made so much food. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to finish it. <laughs> yeah, I find no recipes for shepherd pie make a little shepherd's pie. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's you sort of look at it and you're like, hmm, well, this is the rest of my week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like lasagna in that way where it's like it's a tray bake and it's a hearty tray bake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, before we started recording, you mentioned to me that you once made a board game in college. Is that right? That is correct. Yes. Yeah. What class was it for? Ooh, I, I actually can't remember the name of the class. It was just sort of a generalized illustration class. Uh, I went to RISD and I majored in illustration. Um, and so there are close ties there to Hasbro because that's also based in oh. Rhode Island. Um, and so a there was like a specific board game class, which I did not take. And then there was the, the class I took, which was just an illustration class. And one of the prompts was make a board game. <laughs> that is so funny to me. The idea that that Hasbro might have seen the board game these college students made and be <laughs> like, this is the one, this is our new monopoly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was like a guest critique for the actual board game class that I think the guest critic was somebody from Hasbro which is kind of crazy. Like, what a, what an amazing crossover. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, art school, it's, it's, it's just very weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. Um, but okay, I love that you have real-world board game experience <laughs> in some limited fashion. I mean, if, if college counts as the real world. Ah. <laughs> uh... I'm counting it. I'm counting okay, it. Okay. Yeah. It was it was like a tile game. That's all I remember. It was like you made a path, but there could be obstacles. It was kind of like Carcassonne. I love tile games. Yeah. I love uh, the House on Haunted. No. Betrayal at the House on the Hill. Oh, yeah. I love that <laughs> Just game. Just one of those. Yeah. yeah it was similar to that, um, but much, much, much simpler because I only had like two weeks <laughs> to do it. <laughs> uh, I bet, though, that it had beautiful art. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> um, okay, I think it's time to turn to picking our uh, premises for this week from our prompt sheet. So let me go ahead and roll my magic dice. They're actually regular dice. Don't tell the audience. Ooh, your secret's safe with me. <laughs> thank you, Faith. Our prompts are... <laughs> this is just... This is a really funny word considering how we started this conversation. Our our adjective is voyeuristic. Oh, no. <laughs> that was the first thing I said to you is that I felt voyeuristic. Because <laughs> I had just listened to your voice so much and I just hadn't said anything back. 
Yeah, for context to the audience, Faith and I are internet friends, uh, mm-hmm. and Faith has seen me speak a lot because that's what I do. Uh, and I've seen so much of Faith's art, but I've never heard her voice. Uh, and so that was a fun moment for us on the call. Yeah, <laughs> I heard just, her voice for the first time. <laughs> I was just a bit of like a vocal voyeur for all these years. <laughs> <laughs> so just an uncanny, an uncanny roll of the dice. Uh, our premise is holidays. Ooh. Yeah, some some real potential synergy between those two words. And our type of gameplay, and this is going to be a, a real curveball, is dungeon crawler. Ooh. Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is such a rich vein to tap. Yeah, these are three bold words. Because uh, like off off the cuff, voyeuristic and holiday feels like there's some synergy there because I feel like there's so many like holiday movies are about viewing other people's like holiday uh, customs. Like I feel like that's what a big part of Hallmark movies. Oh, totally. I was about to say Hallmark movies. Hallmark movie is a great framework for a dungeon crawler. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. You're right. Okay. Like... Forgive me for not knowing the exact framework. So Dungeon Crawler is kind of, is it like a procedurally generated sort of roguelike thing? Or is it more just like a straight ahead like path? It can be, it can be either. I think I chose, I think I put it down because it's kind of an ambiguous statement. I think it's like when you're playing like role playing games, the Dungeon Crawler is like, you're just you're going into like a pit in the ground Mm -hmm. and there's just going to be like monster after monster and there'll be traps after traps and like doors so it's just like yeah it could be procedurally generated or it could be a bespoke path okay Um, okay. yeah it's just it'll be in a dungeon and we won't be literally crawling unless that's what we would decide to do (laughs) i know i'm taking this literally jenna Hands and knees. Yeah, hands and knees for the holidays. That does sound voyeuristic already. (laughs) Hands and knees for the holidays (laughs) is such a powerful phrase. I don't know if it's a title, but it is a powerful phrase. Well, let's keep it. Let's keep it in there. Oh, this is so exciting. I've written down my words. I'm looking at them. (laughs) They're forming such a picture. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm going to get something off my chest that is just somehow super relevant to this list that we have, mm-hmm. which is that over the Christmas holiday, Lifetime put out a uh, a, a holiday romance movie like they often do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was called, I think, A Cowboy Romance. That's That um, sounds like something they would put out. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was specifically a cowboy Christmas romance is what it was called. And we watched it because I read an article that said this was the first lifetime holiday romance movie to have a sex scene. <laughs> mm. <Whoa. laughs> I was like, I have to know what Lifetime considers a sex scene. And the answer is it was very mild. <laughs> it is extremely mild. But what was important about it is that it was unambiguously the fact that these characters were having sex. Like it, it wasn't like you know, like a lot of these Hallmark and Lifetime movies, if if the couple kiss before the end of the movie then that is a a surprising turn of events because normally it's like they're struggling to get to a point where they can have romance. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like in your standard Hallmark movie, once they realize that there's mutual interest or at least, you know, like they're feeling like, oh, maybe maybe I'm interested in this person. 
Um, the thing that happens is they almost kiss about five times, uh, <laughs> but every time there's like a loud sound or a child walks into the room and they're like, mm, guess we can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, um, it's although, exactly that. Yeah, that's so interesting. I will say that Lifetime is a bit hallmark after dark in the rest of their content. Um, I watched this amazing, I'm a patron of Jenny Nicholson, and I watched this amazing yes. video where she was recounting a Lifetime movie she saw <laughs> called Deadly Mile High Club. <laughs> <laughs> what a name for a movie. Yeah, and the premise for that, the name was already great, but the the actual plot was like insane and involved a lot of um, hookups that were, you know, at a very in very risque positions and then also um they killed a mother-in-law who was evil in that one (laughs) (laughs) was that the deadly part of the deadly mile high club i think it was i think that part was the deadly part because there were there was another murder at some point it's all a blur at this point but you know um so i always (laughs) consider lifetime to be like toning themselves down at Christmas time because they want they want Hallmark audiences so bad. <laughs> that is great context. Uh, also, I'm going to look up that movie because I'm also a patron of Jenny Nicholson. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's in a I think the video is called like off brand movie reviews. I, I watch it a lot while I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. OK, that's great. I, I was desperately hoping that um, the a cowboy Christmas romance would be popular enough that Lifetime would really push the boat out and start doing uh, softcore Hallmark ripoffs. <laughs> I mean, it's it's their angle; they have to work it, you know. Like, that's right. stop you trying to be Hallmark. At yeah, Christmas. be Lifetime. Yeah. You're not stars, and you're not Hallmark. You got to split the difference. So, with all this in mind, I think we can agree, right, that any game we make with these themes is officially published and sponsored by Lifetime, right? Yes. This is a Lifetime game. <laughs> I think it's time for Lifetime to get into the video game business. I've been saying this for years, Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> they really, okay. they've been poised for so long. <laughs> It was just a matter of time. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Faith. And I think we're we're the ones to push them into this new era. <laughs> so with that in mind, I do think this gives us a lot of room for forgiveness with the game. Because I don't know about you, but with Lifetime, I'm expecting camp and I'm expecting over the top. But yes. I'm not expecting good. yeah that is exactly how i feel about it uh i'm expecting comforting familiar structures Mm, uh in a way that is just soothing to watch yeah it's never going to be the best movie in the world but it will probably not be the worst definitely so okay i've i've got a kernel of an idea in my mind here to start us off um, I so I, I think like, I know this is a genre where it's like partially like a visual novel and then it turns into dungeon crawlers in between the visual novel parts of the okay. game. Like that's got to, that does exist. I don't play oh, enough yeah. games. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a lie. I play so many games. Uh, but, <laughs> but so it's a lifetime Christmas movie setting, right? Like it's, it's Christmas time. Sure. Uh, a biz- a businesswoman from New York goes home <laughs> to her small town uh to do to do business uh for for the holidays 
and she meets there's two there's two guys so it's a dating <gasps> sim but it's lame Ooh. because there's only two options and they're basically the same but just like slight different variants yeah they're they're oh. basically the same but one of them there's like an inexcusably bad trait like he's <laughs> i don't know he's her cousin or something <laughs> Something that makes it obvious we're going for one of these guys, you know, like, like one of them is just like every conversation he ends by like saying something like super racist or something. And the other guy is just perfect, full stop. But maybe he's a little down on his luck. Uh (laughs) I love the idea that this is the this is our like Paragon Virtuous track, which is you're either dating the obvious perfect man or you're dating the one that is like potentially a second cousin. And then we'll reveal like halfway through that now he's just a full cousin. 100%. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like we thought second cousin (laughs) and then she's like saying bye to him and she's like bye second cousin because you know it's lifetime that's the writing and he goes second cousin no (laughs) the idea that the moral choice in our game is not murder or stealing but but incest is so funny yeah, so that that's where the voyeuristic <laughs> part comes in. <laughs> so yeah, so how how is this premise so far? Is dating sim but fails to be a dating sim because one of the choices there's only two choices and one of them is good and one of them is bad. <laughs> I think it's a really funny way of doing a dating sim. <laughs> it is so antithetical to the point of dating sims, which is that you're given a weird harem of characters that that will appeal to as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just trying to lean really hard into the angle that this is Lifetime doing this. So Lifetime yes. wants to do a dating sim, but they only know how to do Lifetime movies. <laughs> and the Lifetime movies <laughs> have these two, this guy's perfect and this guy sucks lines, and that's it. <laughs> that's perfect. I think that is perfect. Um God, that's really good. I think that I like also the combination of dating sim. I'm going to here's another reveal. We're just I'm revealing all of my horny uh, media (laughs) tendencies to you today, Faith. Oh, fantastic. uh, And to the world. (laughs) (laughs) I I briefly went on the spree where I downloaded a whole bunch of like uh, sex games from steam because steam has a real weird hentai game issue where there's just like a bunch of generally like procedurally generated sex games Uh, and i I downloaded the demos from just a just a swath of them and most of them were not in english but there was one that was exactly what you're describing it's a (laughs) it's a a dating visual novel with mild dungeon elements where you're like dating this girl and like the health elements were how much armor she has because the more damage you took the more of her armor fell off portions so you didn't have health you had like how much of her nipples were showing oh, <laughs> like God. What, how much of her skin was showing uh and so like when she got really nude you had to go back to town and have conversations with her so i feel like this is this is a perfect setup for what we're doing which is i mean or 
a, a less revealing thing is like Hades. That's what Hades is. It's a dungeon crawler plus visual novel. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I like I like the idea of having the cutaways where you're like face to face with characters and you've got dialogue trees and options and they can come away from it not liking you or liking you more. <laughs> <laughs> so I do really like that. I think that's such a cool element. So in Lifetime movies, you you already laid this out. In in this kind of structure of movie, the main character comes from a big city. She normally has a job that's like real ambiguous that the person writing clearly has no idea how it functions. So like marketing or lawyer. Yes. Yeah. She always has like an insane counterpart to the job she actually has too because this just reminded me because we're talking about games and these movies is i saw i don't remember if it was lifetime or hallmark but last christmas i saw a very good uh christmas movie where the main character was a game designer she she (gasps) was a video game designer and she had like six weeks or four weeks or something like that to pitch her video game that she wanted to make. (laughs) And and she really, really wanted to make a Christmas themed game. And of course, of course, in four weeks, it was Christmas. So I was like, what, what does this accomplish? (laughs) Like what she's doing? (laughs) She's trying to strike while the Christmas iron is hot while everyone's in the Christmas mood for a game that will not come out for six years exactly uh, midsummer yeah. yeah yeah like definitely midsummer and so she's just like she was like you know the movie starts with her going to her boss being like I don't know boss like I just really think people would love my Christmas game idea and the boss being like it'll never work kid you know and then she like teams up with some guy who ends up being the love interest like and he's like well, you love Christmas. What if you were the main character? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! And I, I just remember it was a, it was a very bizarre movie. She apparently got cursed at the office Christmas party um, because she ghosted a lot of men, and she was cursed. It was very incelly and weird at that point because it was like you owe these men an explanation for ghosting them. <laughs> Or else you'll be cursed to never find love. <laughs> the ghost of Christmas romance. Is that anything? <laughs> That's uh, kind of what that is. I mean, it's it's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> ghosts ghosts are a good element to add, potentially. Ooh. Yeah. Is, is there, was there magic in this movie? Is that what you're telling it was, me? The magic was literally, she went to the, okay, so it was a very mundane setup. This is a girl who's kind of shy, who ghosts a lot of men because she's like, she has commitment issues or whatever. And she's a game designer. And she also wore a shirt that said girl power, but no vowels. So it was G-R-L-P-W-R. And I thought that was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) But so like her life is very normal. And then she goes to the office Christmas party and they have a fortune teller there, as as you do. And the fortune teller says, if you don't reply to all the guys you ghosted by Christmas, you'll never find true love. And she believes this woman 
and she spends <laughs> she spends the rest of the movie trying to convince everyone else that she might be cursed and they're like that sounds fake <laughs> <laughs> as well they should as well they yeah. should say i love the idea of this movie is cowards for not just making it uh marley uh covered in change <laughs> just going change your ways to yeah. this lady who ghosts I, men <laughs> they I, the only explanation i can think of is they didn't have the budget but i do love the audacity <laughs> of introducing magic and then not following up on if it actually exists or if our narrator is just very gullible <laughs> Because I feel like a lot of these movies do want you to believe magic is real. They're like, ooh, the magic oh, yeah. of Christmas, you know. A, mir- a Christmas miracle. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Is Well, is, so is the main character of our video game a video game designer? Uh, and do we, because this is still a Lifetime movie game, do mm-hmm. we never acknowledge it or do anything interesting with it or make that a meta element? It is just played very straight. Oh, that sounds great. I love that idea. I I do think the only way we should address it is by having her mention a deadline that sounds insane. Like just be just be like, oh, I only have three weeks to completely finish my game and then just not mention it again. <laughs> okay. I love that because that also uh, creates like a structure for the game where it's like every day you go down into the dungeon is another day that's ticking off on this three week schedule. So there's a very, it's, that's a great structure for a video game. Oh yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I also love the idea that we never specify in greater depth what she does she's just a video game creator and we never specify if that means she's like the director does she is she doing art is she writing nothing just video game creator yeah oh okay this is good because the dungeon crawler elements it can be like every day she's she's working but it's like an abstract you know that's the dungeon crawling part and so maybe she has to collect stuff related to her job but like because it's lifetime there it's just like it's just like off-brand, as close as we can get away away with like licensed like things like the Mario One Up Mushroom or whatever. <laughs> I love. Okay, I also love the idea <laughs> that she's collecting power-ups in the dungeon, but they do not power her up. That is not what they are doing. Yeah, so yeah. she collects. She collects like a One Up Mushroom, and you're like, oh wow, she just got an extra life. No, she just got some points. It is. This is a point-driven system. Yeah, and the points don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> they don't matter. Uh, or, and maybe at the end you'll get something where after the three weeks have passed, you'll be like, yeah, you did a great game. It sold lots of copies. They don't know how many copies is a successful game. Yeah, they yeah. sold <laughs> lots of copies because you got this many points. Yeah. Your boss is proud, but more importantly, you got a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you've moved to this small town and abandoned all of your friends and your apartment in the big yeah. city. Yeah, this is your last game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't need it anymore. You're married. Yeah, you you already have five kids somehow. <laughs> uh, okay, I think they should also... I think here's my pitch is that all of the off-brand power-up stuff that you got, all of the Mario, Kirby, Sonic stuff that we've ripped off from those games should all be Christmas versions of them yes. uh, in order to loot Oh my back. God, if she's collecting Sonic, like like gold rings five golden rings 
Okay. Okay. Well, look, let me pitch this to you. Maybe she doesn't have three weeks. Maybe she has 12 days. That's fantastic. Okay. Yes. All right. And then maybe the real world application of this is like, you know, she collects these things in the dungeon and then like in conversation with a love interest, right? You have the option to hit a special button and like, it's whatever, you know, she's collected, like influences the conversation. Like what a partridge in a pear tree, what would that translate to? Want to get dinner? <laughs> like, Oh, I love that. I was thinking so much more literally. I was thinking about like how sometimes in, in visual novels, you'll pick up like a nice bracelet and then you'll have the chance to give oh, that yeah. nice bracelet to your love interest. I was imagining like, wait, you just, that, would like be so much, that would be so much funnier. It's like, I'm just imagining <laughs> like you pick up like two turtle doves, right? And you're like, if you like select it in the conversation, you're like, here, I got you a gift. And the guy's like, whoa, two turtle doves, my favorite. <laughs> Here, I got you uh, nine ladies dancing. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah it's, it's like the good option always likes them and the bad option's always like, hmm, this isn't my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what if when you're doing the dungeon crawling sections, if you do well enough, you get that item and then when you go back to town, you can offer it to them and that's like how part of how, that's how the gameplay of the dungeon crawl interacts with the visual novel part where it's like, if you do well enough in the dungeon crawling section, you get, I pan over and look at the lyrics to the 12 days of Christmas that I pulled open, <laughs> 11 pipers piping when you're successful at a level and then you get the chance and that's how you further the romance. So you have like this interplay between the two sections. That's fantastic. I really like that. I also, maybe there could be we're going beyond the scope of this being lifetime now because lifetime wouldn't think about stuff like this but maybe it's like if the conversation's not going well it like transforms at some point into like you, what was that what was that game that was like the girl going home and there's a lot of ex-lovers of hers there and they all want to fight her thirsty suitors yeah something like that where you it turns into like a rhythm based or time based like you know, battle of words, and you can use the things you found in the dungeon as like a power up. <laughs> Ooh, okay, well, okay, yes, I love the idea that instead of okay, this is like the this would probably lifetime would consider this the bad ending, but I'm going to pitch it as uh, secretly the good ending, um, where instead of giving your love interest any of the power up stuff that you got in the dungeons, you keep all twelve days of Christmas for yourself, and then because he doesn't fall in love with you, he becomes like a monster at the end, and you have to defeat. <gasps> I'm using. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I'm just imagining like the cool moves you could you could animate for like eleven pipers piping, just sort of like blowing them away, or like I don't know, nine ladies dancing. <laughs> they're all kicking in a rotation yeah. like the Rockettes. <laughs> yeah. Another great Christmas tie-in, the Rockettes. Fantastic. Uh, that is so fun. Uh, you're right that it's outside the bounds of a lifetime movie, but I think we'll explain it away in the meta in the meta concept that we're creating for the game, um, which definitely gets made. Is that at the very towards the end of development, they hired one actual video game person to help because they were like, we don't know how to do menus. So they hire <laughs> one person who's like a veteran of insomniac. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and in. they save the game. They're like, <laughs> they just particularly love. Christmas and they hate this game. <laughs> oh my god. What the okay, we I this is a first for this podcast, but we're going to create a meta out a narrative for how this game gets made. 
which mm-hmm. is that a person who loves Christmas and making video games, they hire that person at the last minute. <gasps> they have three weeks to do anything to make this game good. Yeah, and in the meantime, they're having their own <laughs> Lifetime movie happening. <laughs> yes. yes, and it only comes out during a series of interviews when this becomes really popular, like the KFC visual novel. For some reason, this Lifetime visual novel takes off, and so there's a bunch of interviews with this person, and slowly people realize that accidentally the plot of the game is exactly the plot of this person's life. Yeah, and then like as they they start slowly realizing that through interviews, something changes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the whole the whole the whole interface collapses. <laughs> um, the sound the sounds great. you're enjoying big game hunger and hey i think you would enjoy this other show from the multitude collective called tell me about it tell me about it is a game show about proving that the things you like are actually interesting hosted by adel refai from hello from the magic tavern and hey riddle riddle and our own eric silver as you already know if you're familiar with adel he is an eccentric billionaire who forces guests to come on the podcast to prove that their favorite thing is interesting and cool through a series of wild games and challenges put together by audio butler Eric, guests are scored based on the quality of their answers or whatever Adel is feeling at the moment, the whims of a billionaire. For once, they're working for us. Think of this as an in-depth conversation about something your friend is super into, but mixed with hunting humans for sport. That's kind of the vibe. And the high scoreboard is filled with some of your favorites in podcasting, like Janet Varney, yeah, Jeffrey Craner, uh-huh, Matt Young, yes, and, oh, what's this name on the list? Jenna Stever. That's right, I was on an episode and it was super fun. New episodes every other Thursday. Tell me about it. The most fun podcast run by a multi-billionaire. Are you a nerd, but also somebody who likes to dress nicely and kind of struggle to blend those two things that you love? Hey, I am right there with you. But if you're looking for gear that's going to make you feel and look pretty badass, may I recommend Volante Design? Their high-quality handmade jackets bring that main character energy into your everyday life. They also bring just like style. You know, like style? They have official licenses from series like uh, Assassin's Creed, Devil May Cry. They've got Mass Effect jackets. If you've ever wanted an N7 Special Ops Mass Effect jacket, but also wanted it to be high quality and well-made, Volante Design is here for you. So if you're ready to invest in a stylish and high-quality jacket, you can go to volantedesign.us, that's V-O-L- a-N-T-E design.us and use the code BGH, all caps, for 10% off your entire order. I will also put a link in the show notes of this episode for you to click on. That's BGH, all caps, for 10% off your entire order at Volante Design. So for the vo- we've covered holidays and we've covered Dungeon Crawler. Is it voyeuristic oh. enough that it's just a romance? Or should it be more voyeuristic? Mm, this is a great question. I love that you've circled back to voyeurism. How How is that going to influence it? Here's a question. Is a voyeurism on our part in playing people as people playing the game? Or is it somehow involved in the game itself? 
That's such a good question because I feel like we are voyeurs inherently by being witness to this blossoming, beautiful romance. But <laughs> I also feel like we have to be so careful, Jenna, because I feel like voyeurism in games is, <laughs> can, can quickly be very bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm, imagine, I'm, I'm imagining the Steam page for this game having the word voyeurism tagged in it and just like yeah. what, that, what that would do to the audience finding it. Yeah. Uh, so we have to be so careful. Maybe it's like voyeurism is like we get little scenes as like a treat for doing good at the game. <laughs> What faith? What kind of scenes? I don't know, Jenna. I don't know what tag this is going to be under (laughs) on Steam. (laughs) I mean, it could Uh, it could be as simple as like, oh, maybe the voice. Okay, okay. Here's another element of Lifetime movies, like standard outside of Christmas, which again it was highlighted in this Jenny Nicholson video I watched. But a lot of Lifetime movies are like the women are paranoid about a man in their life. They get like a bad vibe or something and they snoop around in his stuff and find like concrete evidence that he is like evil. (laughs) Um, And so maybe the voyeurism is like the snooping element. And that's how we discover that (sighs) that guy's her cousin. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. I like the idea that there is like a mini game so to, to break up like the visual novel dungeon crawler section, I like the idea that there are like almost like point and click mystery mini game segments where you get yeah. <laughs> get access to like the bedroom <laughs> of, of both of these dudes. <laughs> Wait, should it? Okay, it's I've been I've been envisioning this as like just sort of a game where like you have, you know, a character animated in front of you. But what if it was an FMV game? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, Faith, you know I love FMV. Oh, this, th- more and more, this episode is clearly influenced by me playing Alan Wake. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, cause like it's, you know, it still has the visual novel interface and then the dungeon crawler-esque stuff would still be animated, like maybe a little sprite character like going through the dungeons and stuff but then for like the you know for the visual novel part where you like get to pick dialogue and stuff it's just live action (laughs) so it's just a guy being like well i don't rightly know but the reason i thought of this is because for the point and click part i'm just imagining like you know it's it's just so 90s in my head where it's like you click something and she's like, ew, is that his underwear? I didn't know he wore boxers, you know. <laughs> um, uh, welcome back to our Jenny Nicholson fan cast episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, because there's a really great Jenny Nicholson video that she did as part, I think as part of, or maybe it was in the episode she did about vampire, the vampire diaries. Oh yeah, that's honestly, that's like part of what I'm thinking of is like the way that (laughs) the way that like um that character is voiced in the game is so funny (laughs) if you haven't watched the video it's it's hugely long but it's a very satisfying breakdown of the vampire diaries tv show in which he also plays the uh, vampire diaries fmv and it is it is uh crunchy 
is a yeah. crunchy game. Yeah, the again, just like the way the characters voice act, where she's like, "I'm going to need a lot of money to buy this knife," you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And what I love about that, that feels like what Lifetime would do because they have a lot of experience making movies, and not because this is their first game, not a lot of experience making games. So I think it would be natural for them to be like, "Well, we'll just make an FMV. We'll just record." All of our actors, we've already got all of these set up. Like we know, have the know-how. So I think an FMV actually makes a lot of sense for this game. It does. Yeah, that's actually so good. Honestly, they could reuse footage from previous movies. <laughs> Wait, okay. Okay, what if the budget for this game was $2? <laughs> okay. Yes, I love the idea that they just have to repurpose. Yeah, <laughs> I I like the theme. Okay, I really like the theme of bringing in somebody at the last minute to make the game parts of it really good. Like, what if the what if like the dungeon crawler part was lauded like by gaming journalists as like an amazing experience? It's so good, but then all of the, all of the other stuff is handled by Lifetime themselves, and it's awful. <laughs> You have to play through 20 hours of the worst, most unsatisfying, crunchiest gameplay to get to the best boss battle. Did we just describe Starfield? <laughs> oh, no. I haven't gotcha. played it, but oh dear. Gotcha, Starfield. Uh, <laughs> I, love, I love that. And then that's, yeah, you can tell which game reviewers managed to get through it and finish the game because they're the ones who like, well, wait with me. The boss battle is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, can we justify playing this all for the last 20 minutes? <laughs> yes. And it becomes like a cult classic. <laughs> uh, so many episodes of this show end with us just saying, and then it becomes a cult classic. And what I love about that is because nobody can contradict us. Because yeah. these games aren't real. So Exactly. Like, go ahead and it? make it then. <laughs> In these very specific circumstances. <laughs> I'm writing down and then it becomes a cult classic as a, I think, a, a tagline for this show. A slogan. <laughs> um, oh, God, there's so much here that I like. I'm trying to think if there's anything that we need to pin down, but I think we did just such a really good and thorough job. So it, it might be time to start thinking about what a title would be, who the, oh, you know, we actually haven't figured out We've talked so much about the boss battle, mm -hmm. and clearly that boss battle has to be with the one of the main love interests. Is it the good love interest gone bad, or is it your cousin? Well, again, if it was left up to lifetime, it would be your cousin because there's no there's no real plot twist. There's what they think <laughs> plot twists are, but there's no real plot twist in a lifetime movie. So. But if we had our, our amazing hero protagonist proxy who was actually making the game swoop in, maybe she rejects the main love, like the guy who's clearly for her, right? She's like, actually, I'm not really ready to be in a committed relationship right now. Uh, my writing is being handled by somebody else who realized this is an insane premise. And then he turns evil by being rejected. Ooh, okay, I like that. I like we can have it both ways. Here's how we'll do it is that 
Uh, if you just romance the main guy, lifetime style, straightforward, uh, you romance him through the whole game. Obviously, your cousin turns evil and was always going to turn evil uh, and fight you at the end. If you reject the main love interest, he's the one that turns evil. Uh, but we use the same character model and move sets. They're identical, <laughs> regardless well, of which choice you choose. Well, well, the guys are identical, too. One of them is a brunette, though. So we just swap out <laughs> any hair. <laughs> <laughs> and it's played by the same actor in the FMV. Yeah, One yeah. has his normal hair, the other has <laughs> a really, has a really bad wig. <laughs> <laughs> One of them has a wig and a really bad British accent. <laughs> yes, and it's never explained why you don't have a British accent, but your cousin does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, well, hello, my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> maybe wait, maybe that's why you don't know that he's your cousin because he was sent away to boarding school as a youth and so you never got to know him at the family meetings definitely yeah yeah okay this, this sounds great <laughs> uh I'm, i also wrote down choices do not matter in this game oh uh, yeah <laughs> no, so. choi choices don't matter until the very final you know who to give the rose to kind of decision that you have to make <laughs> yes and then you get a specific fmv cutscene based on which one yeah uh that's <laughs> really good same. it's the same but they just track <laughs> they track the wig they've run out of money they track <laughs> the wig to the guy's actions <laughs> they don't even just record more footage <laughs> no they couldn't do it it's really good uh it's so good what is this final boss battle what does he transform into Ooh, that's a good question. Um, well, let's think of what his attacks would be. I feel like his attacks would be like he's bringing down your defense by throwing like emotional manipulation lines at you. Like, okay, you know, like I'm the best. I'm the best person for you. Like, your job wouldn't work out anyway. You're a woman, <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. Aren't you unhappy having yeah. a fulfilling job in the big city? Yeah, don't you? Mm. Don't you miss your hometown? Like it. That's the only place of value because you were born here. Like, <laughs> People have different values here in this small town, but yeah. only the good different kinds of values. <laughs> yeah, we're traditional and that's <laughs> ambiguously good here. <laughs> yep, don't look any harder. Okay, yes, I love that. How? Okay, there has to be like a Christmas tie-in. Mm. Is it? I, I'm wondering, is like, it feel, it would be weird if you fought uh, some sort of monster Santa. <laughs> It would be but weird, but I mean, it could happen. There's <laughs> may oh maybe like a Nutcracker. <gasps> oh, I like that because the Nutcracker is kind of uh, an action <gasps> hero. Wait, wait, Rat King. <laughs> uh, the Rat King. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Rat King. <laughs> the Rat King. I love the Rat King. I love the Nutcracker as a story. It's Me so too. weird. Yeah, I I was watching the one that I w watched when I was like a little kid the other day because uh, yeah. we had a VHS tape of, I think it was like the Russian ballet or something that we watched every year. And I found it on YouTube. I was watching it the other day. I was like, this story is very weird. It is <laughs> it was so, so good. Weird. There's one version where 
um, there's like the giant lady and she pulls her skirt aside and all of the other dancers like come out from under her skirt. Ooh, yeah, that's Mother Ginger, I think. Uh, Ginger. It wasn't in this version. The only reason I know about that is because I did ballet, f- deep lore, <laughs> I did ballet from like age five to 18 and we Whoa. we did the Nutcracker every year. And so the littlest kids were the kids who came out from under her skirt when we did <laughs> Adorable. Uh, yeah. Faith, I also did ballet growing up, but. Whoa. <laughs> Not nearly as long. That's an incredible span of time to do ballet. Yeah, I, I mean, you can you can do a lot of things for a long time and not get better at them, though. I just want to be clear. <laughs> like, I, I wasn't a star. I wasn't a prima ballerina or anything. I just didn't do any other sports. <laughs> That's so funny. That's such good deep lore. Oh wow! I feel like I've unlocked. I, I feel like I successfully completed a dialogue tree to unlock that deep lore. <laughs> yeah, and there's yeah, plus five to, to don't, don't tell anyone. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, I love the idea of the, of the Rat King, and that's something we can... No, I was going to say, that's something we can interweave in the story. No, this is a lifetime movie. We're not interweaving anything. It's a real shocking turn. And when people think back on it, they're like, well, it was Christmas-themed, so I, I guess it makes sense that it was the rat king yeah it's just like suddenly it's very nutcracker like i was gonna say too maybe she could be like oh my game's about the nutcracker early on but i don't know if we're even specifying what ga- like i don't think we're going into any depth at all on her game right no no yeah. if we did it would be exactly what you said which is i'm a video game creator i'm making a game about the nutcracker and that would be the extent of it yeah yeah and if anyone asks her like oh how was your how was your day working on video games she's like oh crunch time (laughs) (laughs) yeah the people at lifetime know one thing about making video games and it's crunch time yeah and then they that's the end of the conversation (laughs) (laughs) i love that i love it so much uh, and I think this ties into the emotional manipulation thing because the Rat King traditionally has many heads and oh, each yeah. of those heads is going to be blurting some mean thing. Whoa, that would be so, oh man, this is so cool and frightening to imagine. It's like, you know, like a rotation of heads, just like, uh, you'll die alone. <laughs> you <know? laughs> You're going to have 12 cats and that's a bad thing. I'm yes. around, I hate cats. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a, oh man. Man, Faith, at the, the, your your illustrator mind just burst through on this verbal podcast because that is such a cool image. The idea of all the rat heads like spinning, like that's such a cool animation concept. Yeah, I'm just I, oh, I'm imagining it so hard. Maybe I'll maybe I'll manage to send you a sketch later on. <laughs> <laughs> Do a crude animation of them rotating. That is already more effort than Lifetime has put into creating this game. <laughs> well, they 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 were in debt when they made this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were like, there's big money in video games. Let's just let's get in there. Yeah, let's appeal. <laughs> let's appeal to the gamers. <laughs> <laughs> Gamer. <laughs> uh, we got to snatch that lifetime gamer overlap. Okay, I said that, but uh, we are two of them. So that's they true. Would get yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I was gonna say like, but we're the ironic ones. But honestly, I don't know how many earnest lifetime. Well, there are earnest lifetime fans out there, I'm sure, but. I think they should lean into the irony market. 
<laughs> yeah, I think they I think they should have it both ways. I think they should continue to do some earnest and then they should do some that are really on the nose and almost self-parody. Yeah, that's that sounds great. I love it. But this one is very earnest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're yeah. Like, it's our first is, game. Yeah, they're like, this is our first game. We don't want to we don't want to sully our chances with this market. We have to take it seriously. <laughs> Faith, what is this game called? Obviously, it starts mm -hmm. off with Lifetime Presents. What is the rest of the title? Lifetime Presents. Let hold on. Let me. I want. I'm taking this seriously because Lifetime's taking this seriously. So I'm gonna Google <laughs> 2023 Lifetime Christmas movies, and I'm gonna see Love what ti this. what kind of titles come up. The first one is Ladies of the Eighties Diva Christmas. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, oh, this is. This is perfect. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. This is perfect because it says that there's 12 movies. So they they are also already on the 12 days cycle with us. <laughs> That's incredible. They had to have done that on purpose, which which is just incredible. Christmas plus one. Okay. Okay. Planes, trains, and Christmas trees. <laughs> okay. Already a ripoff. That's really funny. Yeah. Christmas at the chalet. Okay. Evocative. Wow. Terry Hatcher's in that one. <laughs> Uh, laughing all the way. Ooh, okay. Using a line from 12 Days of Christmas is not a bad idea. Let's put, stick a pin in that. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. Okay. Um, ladies of the 80s, a diva Christmas. This looks <laughs> This looks great. This looks like a, a lineup of Real Housewives. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, Silent Night, Fatal Night. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this oh, sounds such great. That's <laughs> <laughs> such a good name for a video game. I'm so annoyed that they've taken it. Oh, uh, we, we could maybe we can slightly slightly parry it. Fatal should be in the title. I think. Yes. Okay. Um, a cowboy Christmas romance. Yeah, hey, this is the one you're talking about. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, she's a realtor and a cowgirl. She's she's actually the cow eponymous cowboy. Surprisingly, of the title. Whoa. Yes, she gave up the ranch life when her father <laughs> didn't, didn't pass the business on to her because she was a girl, so she left for the big city. But Whoa. she still misses the cowboy way. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Whoa, I like this one. Yes, Chef Christmas. <laughs> oh, it's starring one of the it's starring one of the sister sisters. Oh, uh, Tia Mowry. Oh, good for her. Yeah. I love a title that has punctuation like an exclamation point mid title <laughs> and then ends with christmas <laughs> christmas <laughs> that's like that's a really good format it's just like a yeah a full sentence christmas a full thought christmas <laughs> christmas has to be in the title we'll, we'll obviously yeah christmas fatal song lyrics these are all these are all good things to keep in mind and then we've got the holiday proposal plan a christmas intern <laughs> Merry Magic Christmas, Mom's Christmas Boyfriend. <laughs> I mean, that tells you a lot. I mean, that tells you so much about that movie, I'm assuming. I yeah. mean, it's just all right there. Yeah. <laughs> the, okay. So that's the end of the list. But I do want to highlight that the um, the actress who plays the mom in Mom's Christmas Boyfriend, I assume, um, has so many letters in her name. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna put it in the chat because that's so many letters. <laughs> it 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 looks like it should be pronounced Jean Ann Goosen, but it has double 
every single letter that you would expect it to have. Yeah, there's there's so many O's and N's. Okay. Um, all right. Let me offer a potential title. Okay. 12 Fatal Days! Exclamation point Christmas. <laughs> it's a starting point. That's really good. That's a great, that is a great starting point. Um or I feel it might it maybe it should have video game in the title because again, Lifetime Ooh. is gonna want to put that out there as as explicitly as possible. Okay. It should start with gamers apostrophe. So like <laughs> gamers twelve fatal days to find a boyfriend Christmas or something like that. <laughs> gamers twelve fatal days of Christmas romance. Yes. Days A of- Gamer's Christmas Romance. A Gamer's Christmas Romance is good. Oh, Gaming in a Winter Wonderland. <laughs> gaming in a Christmas Wonderland. Ooh. Uh, I'm uh, typing these out because ga- they're so good. <laughs> <laughs> gaming a Christmas Romance. Winning a Christmas Romance? Level up to Christmas Romance. Oh, and <laughs> okay. Level up to Christmas Romance. And then her name should be, the, the protagonist's name should be something Christmassy, like Noel or Holly was- or something. <laughs> And then, Holly was what I was going to say, yes. Okay, okay. how's this? How's this? Level up to Christmas romance, Holly. And it ends with an exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really like, I really like that. I, that captures everything you need to know about the game. Uh, and our main character, who is named Holly Day Noel. Holly Day Noel. I like that. <laughs> Level up to Christmas romance, Holly. Uh, what I love about this too is that this episode's coming out in January. <laughs> oh, fantastic. We're we're just we're going to be just as on time with our as timely with our game delivery, our podcast delivery as her game will end up being. <laughs> I mean, this is this is the first of twelve video games lifetime is going to put out in the year so <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah one for every month that they're all just going to be like comically off timing <laughs> uh yeah you'll have to come back in uh july to do a Val- valentine's day <laughs> lifetime game it sounds great I, I would be delighted <laughs> faith do you have anything you'd like to plug well i actually have a book coming out uh in may it's my first graphic novel. I'm working as an illustrator. Uh, It's written by the wonderful Maggie Takuda Hall, and it's called The Worst Ronin. It's it's for sort of like high school age and up, um, and it's a delightful story, action, adventure, two women who kick ass, uh, that kind of energy. So yeah, that's uh, available for pre-order. And otherwise, I don't have much to plug. Uh, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter for as long as that's around uh, at Faith <laughs> underscore Schaefer. <laughs> uh, and there will be links in the description to all of those things. I'm so excited you've got a graphic novel coming out. Yeah, thank you. Me too. It's It feels not real because <laughs> uh, I worked on it for like all of the pandemic. Um, wow. So it's just been that thing I'm working on that I'm not doing anything else while I'm working on it for a while. <laughs> but I'm really excited for people to um, finally read it and for it to finally be real. Um, yeah, I was just, I loved the script a lot. And so I was desperate to work on it. And then I got to, and it was 
great fun. <laughs> well, that's super exciting. The Worst Ronin coming out in May. I'm so excited to read it. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> Big Game Hunger is a part of the Multitude Collective of Podcasts, edited and mixed by the talented Misha Stanton and created and hosted by Jenna Stever. To support this show directly, subscribe at patreon.com slash the Jenna. And if you're enjoying it, maybe tell some people or leave a beautiful five-star review on wherever you get your podcasts. Faith. What's one word, adjective, gameplay type, premise, etc. that you would like to add to the ingredient list? Okay, I told you this before we started, but I think trains. Train is a, a very, a very rich field. It's <laughs> you can true. Just, you can add a lot there. Am I supposed to add one of each category? If you had one for each, I would take it, but don't feel pressured to. Ooh, okay. I think subterfuge is a good word. Ooh. Uh... That is a great word. I have word. three words, but I don't think they all fit in those different categories. It's subterfuge, okay. train, and mayor. Mayor! Oh, I love mayor. <laughs> I love mayor. I would love to play a mayor game. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to, here's, uh, in a twist, I'm going to write down both mayor and mare, like a female horse. <laughs> oh, those uh, options are good. <laughs> I don't know what a mare game would be, but we're, well, I'm going to put it down. You could do my, my horse princess. Oh, horse game. That is like a genre of game. Horse game. Oh, wait, have you, have you played my horse prince? No, no. <laughs> Okay, maybe, maybe. Oh my god! Maybe Faith. don't actually play it. But oh my it's, god, it's... Faith! <laughs> Are you looking up? Images? I looked it up. Faith. Yeah. Maybe don't actually play it because genuinely the gameplay is pretty boring. But boy, is it something! <laughs> All right, I just yeah, don't play it. But I do recommend everybody just Google my horse prints real quick for themselves. Yeah, just just see what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining me, Faith. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jenna. Thank you, audience, for listening to Big Game Hunger. And don't forget to wishlist Level Up to Christmas Romance Holly on Steam release date TBD.